welcome to another episode of Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elgison, and this week we're doing something just a little bit different. It's our first ever crossover episode with The Five Podcast. I recently joined the host of Five, Jake Moskowitz, on a panel at the Mobile Marketing Association, or MMA, Impact Conference to discuss the latest in augmented reality and why it's an ideal use case for 5G marketing. We enjoyed the conversation so much, we wanted to share it with our respective audiences, and our first ever crossover episode was born. I highly recommend checking out the Five podcast. Five's first season explores the transformational aspects and compelling prospects of 5G, and season two is focused on artificial intelligence. In each episode, host Jake Moskowitz and his guests look at technology's likely impact on big marketing topics like data, retail, programmatic, and privacy. So if you enjoy listening to Floor 9, we know you will also love 5. So we'll have a link in the show notes uh, where you can go check out 5. Now, on to the session recorded live between myself and Jake at the MMA Impact Conference. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, everyone. I am Cindy Grosspitch. I am the VP of Global Event Partnerships here at the MMA. It is my pleasure to introduce IPG Media Lab's Scott Elchison and Amoto's Jake Moskowitz. Take it away, guys. Cindy, thank you so much. And I really appreciate everybody giving your time today. What we're going to talk about is really augmented reality more than anything else as the first real groundbreaking use case of 5G. And we're actually very excited that we're doing something pretty cool here. Uh, what you're actually listening to right now is a crossover episode of two different award-winning digital media podcasts. One is called Floor 9, uh, which is an IPG Media Labs property for which Scott is the host. Hello. Glad to be here. And the other is called Five, which is an Ericsson Emoto property. My name is Jake Moskowitz. I'm the host of Five. Ericsson Emoto is a subsidiary of Ericsson, the infrastructure company that powers 5G for all the major carriers in the US and, and many around the globe. So 5G is a really big deal for us at Ericsson Emoto. Emoto is the advertising wing of Ericsson. And so we are here to power 5G marketing for marketers. And augmented reality is the first great way to do that. And first of all, I want to start with a quote that just came out the other day from Mark Pritchard, the chief brand officer at Procter & Gamble. Many of you may know that he was pretty instrumental in driving transparency, viewability, that sort of thing, through his push for the industry to adopt these things. Well, now he's doing the same for augmented reality. 5G is going to unleash the power of virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality. This tech will change our jobs as brand builders because the consumer experiences we create will change. We're experimenting with it already, but I can't wait to see what comes next. That is better than either one of us really could have said it ourselves. So I wanted to start that way. <laughs> so the first thing we want to do is we want to show you what we mean by augmented reality. Because you've heard that term a lot, probably. You may have experienced it once or twice, but we want to be specific about what we're referring to. We're going to talk about three examples of augmented reality. First one is Tryon. It uses the front-facing camera of the phone, and it's about putting something on you. Now, of course, we invested in a very handsome model for this particular video, that model being me. And <laughs> this is an example of trying on sunglasses. You can imagine this being used for beauty, clothing brands, that sort of thing. 
Tryon is a very popular form of augmented reality today. The next one is product demo. This is an example of, could be really any product. In this case, it is, as you'll see in a moment, a laptop that you can place in your house and adjusts to my desktop. You know, I can move it to the right size. I mean, if you took a screenshot right there, you'd have no idea that it was not a real laptop on my desk. You can move the product around, you can change the size, you can look at it from different angles as well. And this is a sort of great way to enable somebody to place something in their house. So you may have seen this for uh, carpet colors or wall colors, home furnishings, that sort of thing. And then the third example we want to talk about is mixed reality portal. This is my personal favorite using the rear camera on the device. This is where you actually place something inside of a living area, in this case, my living room, and you can walk inside it. And once you're inside it, it's basically a virtual reality world. So you're walking inside slowly, and then now it is 360 degrees virtual reality. And you can imagine this being used for an auto brand, for example, so that you can sit inside the car and see what the car looks like on the inside. Uh, you could also see it for uh, physical locations like sports stadiums, as an example. So people can experience what something is like from the comfort of home. So these are three different examples of augmented reality. And one of the things that we did is we just did what we believe to be the most comprehensive research ever done into augmented reality advertising by going out to 300 5G phone owners and showing them these three AR examples, the ones that you just saw. They personally experienced them and then they answered a bunch of questions about AR. So what I want to do is I want to show you the top level results of that study. We're going to be coming out with far more results in the next few weeks, but these are some hints and they are truly impressive about the potential of AR. Those exposed to AR love AR. 70% of those that saw AR agree or strongly agree with, I'd like to see more augmented reality ads in the future. Now, when in any of our careers have we seen 70% of people asking for more of any kind of advertising? I've never seen it. 68% agree or strongly agree with advertising experiences like these would reflect positively on the brand in the ad. And finally, 74% agree or agree strongly that these ads would be more likely to capture my interest or attention than normal ads. So this survey found that there are a ton of 5G phone owners out there right now. They are not the early adopter niche that many of us might believe, and they are itching for more AR. They love AR, they love 5G, they want more AR. What's more, AR appears to uh, appeal to every consumer segment. So two thirds of even later adopters, those who do not consider themselves early adopters, are asking for more AR ads. 61% for whom 5G was not a major driver in getting their 5G phone say AR ads grab their attention more than normal ads. And finally, we saw very similar results across gender, across age, across ethnicity and race, household income, and more. So AR appeals to a very wide range of consumers. One last thing I wanted to mention, we're showing that it actually works as well. So this is a, a recent campaign that Ericsson Emoto ran for a major national convenience store chain where that was measured by placed which is now part of foursquare and measured a four times roas as measured by driving incremental in-store traffic 
So we're seeing the AR works up and down the funnel in our early tests. And so with that, I wanted to bring Scott into the discussion and let's have a little bit of a fireside chat, shall we, about the potential of AR advertising for marketers. So let's do Scott, it. It's great to have you here. Oh, I am excited to be here. I'm ready to talk about everything augmented reality. So let me, let me start out by asking you, how does a marketer decide how AR is a good fit for his or her brand? So that is a great question. So at the lab, our, our framework for how we think about augmented reality boils down to really the end goal a brand would want to achieve with that experience. And in my experience, there have been kind of two different tracks that we have seen success for our brands when it comes to leveraging AR for, for their brand. One is kind of product focus. And I think that it really uh, goes back to that virtual try on and even that product visualization. You know, how can you leverage AR more on the product side of your business in order to enhance a consumer experience when they're looking to do search and discovery or figure out, you know, what your product is all about? You know, we think this is great for autos. We think it's great for furniture, you know, clothing brands, even, you know, if you have like a physical product and people want to see how it's going to really ideally fit into their life or their environment around them, that, you know, visualization is a great tool to kind of provide some sort of tangibility in a very traditionally 2D environment. The other side of the coin is, you know, how can we leverage AR for more entertainment purposes and use cases? How can we leverage that in really creative ad units, experiences like the virtual room that you can kind of walk through to create entertainment as a way in which we can engage with our consumers and drive awareness or even, you know, adoption of, of a product. So that entertainment versus product use cases are kind of like the lens at which I think through to help brands and marketers decide how they can fit AR into their, you know, overall experience. I mean, what are your thoughts? I would add one to that list, which is, I think about like in the past, how we might've had the flagship store. Like mm-hmm. a lot of brands have this concept where they have to get consumers to touch and feel the product and get used totally. to it and be introduced to the product. And I think COVID has permanently changed that part of human life where you know, we're used to going out and exploring and being in a physical space for a long period of time where we can touch and feel a product physically outside the home. And the same things that drove our brand to need that flagship store or need mm-hmm. consumers to touch and feel physically, you can accomplish many of the same things at much greater scale using augmented reality. So that's a good way to think about how it's a good fit for your brand. Totally, totally. It's pretty incredible what this technology can do to mimic or imitate that like sense of touch. And it's only going to get better. <laughs> Just seeing what, you know, like Unity and the Unreal engines are able to develop. It's going to be pretty hard to distinguish, you know, what is real from essentially reality because the models and the content that is going to be produced is just, I mean, it's incredible. So let's talk about what should a marketer do now to get started? Totally. So one of the things that we always think about is just the standard asset pack a brand might have. Because one of the things to really, you know, help get started is having the the, like the tools or the assets available as 3D models to take advantage of this new technology. And that is, you know, a pretty simple, straightforward conversation that a brand can have, you know, either internally, if they have a creative team or externally with their agency uh, creative team, you know, working with like a game designer or a dev shop that is 
uh, experience in working, let's say, in Unreal Engine or in Unity's engine to make these 3D assets uh, available so a brand has them on hand to insert them into these AR experiences. I think that right now is like the simplest way in for brands today. I do like that approach. The most important thing is to learn by personal experience. I mean, that's probably yep. true of anything, but I would say it's especially true of AR because one, actually one of the most surprising results of our survey is we asked people, what's your favorite of the three? And the right. answers were almost exactly even across the three. So I had gone into this expecting to, that there would be one clear winner. There really was not like that all kinds of <laughs> AR experiences are appealing to different kinds of consumers for different use cases. And so that's only through personal experience that you're going to like, yes, you're talking about investing in really good assets. And I yep. totally agree with that, but it's important to make sure that you're getting real time data to make sure you're putting your investments into the right areas and the areas that fit best for your brand and your consumers. Totally. Also augmented reality and 3d space is incredibly difficult to explain through an email or even now. So to your point, like having that real world experience of understanding the product and actually feeling the product and using the product and going through like that user flow will help inform your questions and kind of get you more educated on how that product or experience actually work. You know, to expand on that, just a quick point that it's such a different experience for consumers. It's such a different flow that they're mm -hmm. going to make mistakes without question. And it's important <laughs> not to make too much out of initial results. You got to just mm -hmm. try several things and get better and learn from it because ultimately the results will start to really thrive. Uh, mm -hmm. But it takes some investment of time and effort and learning Absolutely. Uh, to maximize it. Yep. What organizational changes are required to fully leverage AR? Great question. I think that expands off of what we were just talking about. You know, with AR, it, it, it really is complex. Uh, if you dive into all of the, you know, technology that is needed to produce these experiences, you know, for a media organization, even for a brand, there is really a whole new vocabulary that you need to learn to properly talk to, you know, game designers and, and game developers to make these assets, to make these experiences. And so thinking about how, one, you can educate your team to understand essentially all this new vocabulary that, that is needed. But even too thinking about, you know, if you have a creative team or a creative agency, you know, are you starting to hire game developers, people with experience in working with Unreal Engine, again, back to Unity, you know, even with some of like, like, like the cloud technologies that are gonna be able to stream some of these experiences onto your team? Because it truly is a specialized skill to, build out one of these experiences. It's very different from, you know, your, like your traditional banner assets, even like video production. It's just a whole new skill set that is needed. Um, and so when we're thinking about like organizations, really hiring talent that is specialized in these environments will prove super useful to not only help you build and develop the actual physical experience, but provide strategy and insight of what is actually capable today. Because as I mentioned, it's very complex to build all these things. And there's just a whole suite of new you know, parts <laughs> that teams and organizations need to think about, especially if you're coming from like a media or like the brand side of it. Yeah. And the one thing I'll add is like in the very early days, I think it's a, in an area where it's really important to tap into external expertise because absolutely, it's a super complex area with a lot of different kinds of experiences that consumers can have. And if you're starting from scratch, the best thing you can do is really tap into external expertise as you're getting towards building up your own capabilities.
Yeah, absolutely. IPG Media Lab, you know, we have we have plenty of experience working in a, in in AR. If anybody is looking for external expertise, that'll be like my one plug, Jake. I promise. <laughs> That's awesome. Very well done. Uh, the next one is where will this all take us in the longer term? Yeah, I mean, long term, how we view you know AR is that again, I go back to these like foundational technologies of how the experiences are built. I think we're going to start to see a lot of our creative assets, our marketing materials, everything that is traditional in the kind of whole marketing pipeline today, when it comes to creative, especially is going to start to be, you know, like optimized for 3d environments and 3d experiences, you know, and at the lab, we really think about down the road, this idea of the metaverse and where individuals and organizations will be hanging out in 3d environments. Like you're going to need 3d assets and presence to be in there. And it's all going to be running off of this like core technology. That'll be either like the unreal engine or unity's engine, or this other kind of like core gaming infrastructure to power those environments. So getting familiar with that technology is super important, but then long-term, you know, it could, it could be it's like, like a whole new environment uh, where we see, like I said, people, organizations, you know, spending their time. It becomes this new digital third place where it isn't as easy to get involved, let's say, through like traditional advertising and, you know, sponsorships. You, like, you really have to have a custom, you know, built presence where you can interact with individuals and kind of, you know, not really like not blend into the environment, but be a part of the environment and kind of contribute to that sort of new space online or wherever it might be once we start to see these technologies become more prevalent throughout our consumer base. Yeah. And, and as you're working towards building out that full consumer experience, I think it, where we're focused on Emoto is on changing the mindset about where it exists. Because today, mm -hmm. I think a lot of AR exists on O&O &O properties. Yep. You know, it's in the IKEA app. It's yep. uh, you know on a website. It's on the Sephora website, for example, mm -hmm. or the Warby Parker website. But I think ultimately, you know, those are we want to move it off of Ono to reach more mm -hmm. and more consumers. And we think that advertising is the best way to do that. Up until now, it hasn't been well positioned to do that because you know the best you can do is get somebody to click on an ad to go to an AR experience. So where we are working in a moto is to bring the AR experience into the ad experience itself so that you can mm -hmm. drive far greater reach and scale for the actual AR experience and bring that O and O experience to a much larger base than you're going to get to your website or to download your app. Totally. And to your point with those, you know, companies that you just mentioned, right? That like, that's them experimenting with like, like that product line first. And I think one of the barriers that I have seen really is the availability of the assets to your point of having, you know, either like a banner asset, a rich media ad unit, like having that augmented reality asset available to marketers to use across their media campaigns. Because, you know, like, like you said, there's, there's a lot that's available within those like ecosystems, like a Snapchat, like a Facebook on a product's website, because it's more focused on that experience. One of the things that I'm super keen on have been looking for in the industry is some sort of ad unit that can be more widely displayed across, you know, our traditional media channels that will leverage augmented reality technology uh, because our phones are there, like our phones can power it and it's just going to improve over time. So that is what I have been looking for. Honestly, I think to your point is something that the team is building to further progress the benefits that AR has in the advertising marketplace. 
I think advertising has fallen behind in AR. Mm-hmm. AR has come a lot further than advertising has followed it, but that is changing right now. And that is mm-hmm. our, our strong focus at Emoto is to make what you describe is to bring that sort of AR experience within the ad unit to massive scale to tens of millions of devices that are on 5G and even some well-performing 4G devices as well. So with that, I want to move to Q&A. Yeah, totally. So everybody, yeah, let us know your questions. What are your thoughts on on AR? You can drop it in the chat or feel free to uh, unmute yourself and uh, introduce yourself and let us know. Actually, someone just popped in a question. Sean did. What's the coolest use case you've seen thus far of AR in the wild? That's a good question. Jake, do you want to, do you want to go first? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to start a little bit more categorically. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about before, it's, well, I think that one of the problems we have today is we tend to think of AR as like a as a, as entertainment, as cutesy, not really a serious endeavor. And I think that my best experiences, I would suggest, are the companies that are taking this really seriously. Like I looked at some assets from Audi the other day where they've invested in really high quality 3D augmented versions of some of their cars. That's where I would point to as like the best experiences out there right now is the ones that have really invested in the truly engaging experiences where they see it as not just a fun little thing to do, but like a serious right. way to enable touching and feeling of their brand. Totally. I agree with that. One of, I think, the use cases that I have seen, and I'll put a link in the chat uh, to Twitter, is really around um, product packaging, which I think is just fascinating. The ability to map an experience to a box, a bottle, some sort of product packaging that then as the phone scans it, it comes to life, makes a whole kind of sort of animation to essentially welcome the user to the to the product. And so this example was uh, somebody put together essentially a an AR animation off of the, the Apple iPhone box. It's pretty incredible. So thinking about that right now, I think has been the one that has really stuck out in my mind of you know, a really powerful use case of AR and kind of really thinking about that consumer experience and that consumer product experience. We have a question on 5G here. How widespread is 5G and who makes up the 5G audience? We do. One of the good things about this research we did is we reached people just on 5G phones. We learned a lot about who has 5G phones. Mm-hmm. Most 5G users are not early adopters. They don't consider themselves early adopters. Most folks with 5G phones did not get their phone because of 5G. And 75% of people with 5G phones, when they get their 5G phone, at least one other family member got a 5G phone as well. So it's a really widespread audience. And it's not just a sort of a niche of an early of early adopters. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you everyone for joining the session. It was great. You guys were awesome. Listeners, that is going to wrap up this week's episode. And I hope you enjoyed our special crossover episode with the five podcasts. So we'd love to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts about 5G, AR, and their respective impacts on media marketing and advertising. Uh, you can send us a tweet on Twitter. I am at T-I-P-P-I-E-R. Adam is at Adam J. Simon. And of course, the lab official account is at IPG Lab. So let us know your thoughts. And, and remember to check out five. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes. So that's it for now. Thank you all, and we'll talk soon.